welcome to the Cult of Domesticity podcast, where two best friends tell each other stories about history, true crime, and other shenanigans. I'm Courtney. I'm Ashley. And Ashley, guess who's back? Back again. again, again. Is it Slim Shady? No. Oh, well then I don't know. My sister's back from Austria. Aw, uh, yeah. I knew that. I just really wanted to sing I'm at you. That's fine. I sing at you all the time. You're welcome. I do need to make a Twitter poll on what people think. Who is the better singer? <laughs> no, you really don't need to. <laughs> I'm going to have four days in a car, so I got I got plenty of time. got plenty of time to make Twitter polls and things. It's not a question of can you. It's a question of should you, and I'm going to go ahead and say you shouldn't. Please tweet at us if you think I should make no. this poll. No, don't do it. Don't do it. It's a trap. As with most Twitter things, it's a trap. That'll just be the cat, like the. It'll just be the guy from Star Wars. That it's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. And then the pole. That's exactly what I was going for. And the pole like will be underneath the it. <laughs> Is that, will you let me do it then? You know what? Yes. If you if you include the Star Wars okay. guy, I will agree. Um. All right. No, she went on the Sound of Music tour with my mom, and she just told. I was like, "How was it?" Because she already told me she was planning to sing the entire time, and I'm I'm really trying. Very hard. Physically closing my mouth, trying not to sing right now. Um, she said it's the biggest bunch of nerds you've ever seen. Everyone's singing. They play the movie. Uh, but the problem is, we do not have a video of my sister in the hills of Austria singing The Hills Are Alive. Because my mom... <sighs> She's let us down. No, because my mom doesn't know how to work her iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Blame Kitty. All right. Oh, my dad says hi, by the way. He told me to say it not on the show, but you know what? I'm going to say it on the show because he doesn't listen. So it's fine. fine. I can edit this out. He says hi. No, leave it in. Make him listen to this one? You... Yeah. Why would you leave it out? No. Because your dad and I are best friends. You are. I told him. I was like, we've talked about you before. <laughs> he goes, which episode? I was like, if I remember that, I would have told you. I don't remember. So you're going to have to listen. He goes, I'm not listening to all of them. I said, There's well, 35 of them now. You're lost. <laughs> I was like, you're lost. <laughs> Now you'll never know which ones we talked about. Ha-ha! Also, I leave on Monday. Yay! You You just have all kinds of life events going on. Yeah, I'm driving across the country for a job in Washington State, so we're moving farther apart. We are, and then after a little while, we'll be a little closer together, because I'm moving in the fall. So we'll still technically be an Ohio podcast come October. But until then, we're a coast-to-coast podcast. Yeah, we're now going to be coast-to-coast. This will be fun to coordinate Uh, all this shit. I was going to say, like, we have a hard enough time doing it now. (laughs) Yeah. I get to see the Pacific Ocean for the first time. I'm pretty excited. The Atlantic is better. I've never seen the Pacific, but I can tell you. The Atlantic is better. What? Coastal rivalries? What? What? It's not a thing. I'm not perpetuating that. I'm not going to tease our Patreon here and say there, if when we finally get it up and running, there might be a video montage of my cross-country journey and all the random places I stop. That definitely wasn't on that spreadsheet. Please, please stop at the I-81 or whatever that is, truck stop, just because, like, I feel like so many murders start there. Not that I want you to be murdered there. You're sipping your orange Julius at me like you're suspicious of my motives. I No. I've just, I've read a lot of trucker stories about, because Reddit. Yeah. Just text it to me because I'm not going to remember it right now because my brain is a sieve. So, I also appreciate uh, one of 
I can't remember who it was now. Someone said, go to the Vasilla Vasilia Axe Murder House. Veliska Axe House. I can't say Axe. You've been in Boston too long, girl. Lizzie Borden would be ashamed. Yeah. Veliska Axe Murder House. Your dad suggested Yosemite, but we're going to be too far south. He did. On Facebook, because we're Facebook friends. I was going to say, wait, I was going to say how, but then I realized probably Facebook. Yeah, your dad and I are Facebook friends. Uh, no, you'll enjoy this because you said you don't want me to get murdered. I went with my dad to the container store, which was an interesting trip in itself because he's never been. If you've never been to the container store, it is basically an organized person's heaven. I've never been there, but it sounds like goals. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Uh, my dad said my sister's not allowed to go because they have giant shoe racks, so it'll encourage her to buy more shoes. (laughs) Uh, but I was looking for a trunk because of my living situation and apparently steamer trunks aren't a thing or they're very expensive and I'm poor. I'm poor. I'm poor and I would like a steamer trunk. So I decided instead, cause I was Googling a lot to, uh, buy a trunk that they had there and then just buy containers and put clothes in there and label them. So that way it's like a dresser, but a trunk using my noggin. Yeah. 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 So my dad found a bigger one than the one I found online and I was looking at it because we had them in the, uh, on the floor next to each other. And I just go to my dad. I'm like, I could totally fit in this. I'm like, you want to see me try it? And I look around and no one's there. And so I climb in and he goes, let me close it on you. I said, nope. I was like, but I'm not getting this <laughs> one because it's the size of I can fit in it easily. Like too easily. Right. Someone could hide your body in there. Thank you. Or human traffic me. I'm not about that life. I'll say yes. I'll say yes. I was just thinking you jerry-rigged a dresser like you did the coffee maker when we lived together. With the binder clip. Yeah. I'm sure I have a picture of that somewhere. I'm going to have to put that up. Oh, I'm sure I have a picture of it. It's probably on Facebook. Ashley, what do you think we're talking about? Because I think you know. I think we're talking about the Dodo Wars. Or whatever that's called. The Emu Wars? Not. Whatever. Um, okay. So, this is after World War One. Ashley, when did World War One end? Have you met me? Thought you would know. I don't it's know. It's a centennial this no, year. No, I don't know. All right, so 1918. I can do some math. <laughs> Our tagline was, please don't make us do math. For real. And look at you. I always make you do math. The last one, the last person I expected me to make do. I expected to make me. <sighs> did I get into your recording with you? Yeah. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah. We're both very sleep deprived and stressed. It's going well. I'm not even sleep deprived. It was just a crazy day and crazy two days. So I'm sleep deprived and stressed just... and haven't been. Oh well, no, I drank. Never mind. I lied. My dad <laughs> gave me some beer. All right. Um, 1918. Yes. 1918. Yes. Are you okay? I know what you were going for, but you just sounded like someone's waterboarding you. I'm not okay. So. What? Did I really? I'm so dumb. Did I really say the Dodo Wars? Yes, you did. This whole time, I was like, I know what this is. And in my head, I was like, it's the Dodo Wars. But like, I was picturing an emu. Which are terrifying. Okay. Yeah. So the Australian government was like, shit, we have a ton of veterans. What are we going to do with all these men that are coming back and need jobs and stuff? Uh, So they decided around 1915, so a couple of years before... To have a soldier settlement scheme. Anything that you call a scheme and it's a government program, it's probably not good. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. 
I get that like Australians call stuff differently than we do, but yeah. scheme is scheme is a red flag, no matter what continent you're on. Just playing with your invisible beard, because neither. Yeah, like twirling your little evil mustache, especially in 1918 when mustaches were unregulated. I'm not gonna lie, the the first half of the nine or the 20th century was a prime time for facial hair. Right, it was very experimental facial hair. Um, Period. So they rolled this scheme across all states, and it would see 15,300 ex-soldiers given plots of land, which they're told to, you know, turn into farms, because everyone wants to farm, mainly cultivating wheat and sheep. Sheep, a.k.a. Britain's gift to the world. Think about it. How many places? I'm not gonna think. How many places have sheep because of, of England specifically, Scotland, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand. I think some for some some reason South American countries, but we're not gonna guess why there's sheep there. Do you see a trend here? Because I'm seeing a trend. They're all colonies or former colonies of Great Britain. So it's self-serving, and I will not thank them for that. They love sheep. Oh, and whales. I forgot about whales. Never forget about whales. Whales the place or whales with an H? Whales the place. All right. That's what I thought, but I wanted to clear Sans it up. Sans H. How continental of you. Okay. So, by September 1920, the government had purchased 90,000 hect acres, which is like acres, but bigger. <laughs> I don't know how big it is. Is that the technical description? Yeah. Like an acre, but more. Yeah. Just if you look up hectacre in the dictionary, it's to say, like an acre, but more. I don't know how many times I have to tell you right now. My brain is a sieve, and I'm dying. A sieve? I'm going with sieve. Are we gonna Are we gonna fight? <laughs> the other tagline of our our podcast: Are we gonna fight about this? It's not even. It's not even that. It's are we in a fight? Not even are we going to? Are we currently in one? And the answer is usually yes. And it's normally because I'm mispronouncing French things. Yes, this is this is the truth. Um. So, but they were like, shit, there is not enough land for all the soldiers. Even with all of their hectares, <laughs> which are like acres, but bigger. Yeah. Okay. I don't. Dire straits. I know. So they were placing the remaining soldiers in marginal areas of, of Perth in Western Australia. And I did find you a map of this because I was very confused. So it's basically Perth. On the western coast of Australia, opposite of where Sydney and most other people live. You know, the places you want to go. I don't know that much about Australian geography. Please don't get mad at me. We probably should have consulted with Morgan before we did this one, huh? Yeah, or Alex. from. Yeah. We have pod friends from two Australian podcasts. Amount of people consulted on geography, zero. Zero. Then again, I did have to send Alex a picture of my journey across the U.S. to explain how far I was going. So, um, so it's hard to uh, set up farms when you have no real experience uh, in farming or the land is shitty. Okay, that's logical. Life lessons. However, what happens in uh, 1929 in America slash the world, Ashley? You should know this. I know this one. It's the Great Depression. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Winner. So. I'll take my chicken dinner immediately. Thank you. There's no chicken in this tiny closet. There's a water tank if you would like it. I feel cheated, but I'll take it. <laughs> we'll have to figure out how to ship that. 
Don't worry about it. I'm going to come pick it up in October. It'll be fine. I Hang on to it for me. I think my family will be a bit confused when you come pick Can you imagine your mother's face if I rolled up in October? Just like, hey, pass it through. Hey, pick up my water color, my uh, my water tank. Especially because she hasn't Thanks. seen you in, what, like three, four years? If not more? Um, In person, uh, I think the last time I saw her in person was when she took you, me, and Aaron out for breakfast. And it was delicious. Yeah, so that w- that's gotta be at least I mean, four years ago. 2012, so like six years? Yeah. Because it's been... Oh, fuck! It's been like five years since we lived together. Also, when did we get old? So I'm gonna say it's been like five years since I've seen her in person, but like a week, two, three weeks since I've seen her in video chat. Okay. So, where is the world going to get their crops? Because during the Great Depression, there was also... The Dust Bowl! Which means... The center part of the U.S. was shit, because it needs to be really, really... Well, shittier than normal. <laughs> You're welcome, Midwest and West. The Great Plains. Mostly. Yeah, um, mostly Midwest. Mainly because the Great Plains area and such, where most of the grain comes from in the U.S., needs to be really, really watered a lot, and it wasn't happening. So the ground was like, fuck you, and nothing would grow. And then the wind was like... I'm gonna tag team you. Fuck you too. I'm gonna blow really hard, and all that dirt that you haven't been watering is gonna kick up and destroy your life. If you haven't watched the 1930s version of Grapes of Wrath, I suggest it, because that is the best description of it. Because people were taking houses, they were taking all your possessions, and you had to get in your jalopy, aka really shitty car that you probably jerry-rigged to work, aka my life. Mm-hmm. and drove it to California. And then you get breastfed by an old lady in a boxcar, such as life. I can't, don't remember that part. For real? You don't remember the last part of... It's been a while. <sighs> you gotta reread it. Oh, I it. never read it. I was... Now I'm terrified to read it. Don't... I was a junior in high school and I had to deal with it, so... Australia was like, hey, we're gonna try to get our farmers to produce more wheat to make sure people aren't starving and shit like that. Um, Coming in strong on the backup. All right. And so they were giving recommendations and subsidies, but prices continue to drop and people are, are like um, preparing the farmers are preparing to harvest and continuing to threaten to not deliver the wheat that the Australian government promised. Sounds like Australia to me, but I mean... It is a country founded because Britain was like, we have nowhere else to put our criminals. Uh, uh, there is an additional problem, you know, of about 20,000 emus in the area. Cause that seems reasonable. Where else would you put them? Well, why are the emus outside of Perth? First of all, by looking at pictures of emus, they're terrifying. Why? Maybe they like the weather. You don't know their life. They look like... How to describe an emu. Ashley, can you see the pictures? Hang on, I'll look it up on the computer. Um, I'll try it that I way. just, I need a description of an emu. Alright, hang on, I got you. Because the one I put is pretty accurate. It kind of looks like an ostrich, a little bit. I feel like off the top of my head, oh, that sounds right. Hang on. Um, but more terrifying. Less friendly than an ostrich. Like, the ostrich is cracked out cousin. <laughs> and the one I, picture I picked is staring at me. Into my soul. Too bad your soul's already owned by that lady from the Oneida cult. 
community. Sorry. Oh, we were assuming I had a soul? Um, no, you don't, because she owns it now. It does look like the ostrich is cracked out, cousin. That's, it's like... (sighs) First of all, I love this picture. This is my new favorite reaction meme. Um, Better than the llama ones that you used to send me all the time? I forgot I used to do that. So I'm, like, making uncomfortably long eye contact with this picture, (laughs) and all I can think is the ostrich is cracked out, cousin. Yeah. Also, you, you can now look at the maps. If you want to look at it's like it's like if the ostrich community had a ostrich cast for Breaking Bad, this would be Aaron Paul's character. I was also think from season I was one. Also thinking it's kind of like Sid from Ice Age too, but if he was an ostrich, a little bit, but like I could see it in the eyes and the little yeah. like. I like the neck. How his head is just a tiny bit wider than its neck. And, like, the little mohawk thing. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. So, why are there this many emus outside of Perth? I'm glad. I still think they like the weather. (laughs) Um, they migrate there after their breeding season to head, like, heading to the coast from the inland area. So, you know, moving emus across the path. Great for farms. You know, because they've cleared the land, so an easier path. Also... There's additional water supplies, and people who have planted wheat, emus are like, hey, snack, 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 snack. They're like, oh, how thoughtful. Thank you. The Australians love us. Now they've they gotten us some water, they've cleared the path, they left us some snacks. Like, thank you for this generous hospitality. That's actually how you probably get captured. I will repay you. We will repay you by shitting on everything you love. Yep. Um, so. <laughs> Fun fact, I also assume that's what parenting is like. Yeah. Also shitting on top of you. But that's a different point. Yeah, literally. Um, literally shit on everything you yeah. love. Um, on top of it, until 1922, uh, emus were protective native species. So while they were originally attacking everything that the farmers loved, you know, uh, they were protected. And then... They were reclassified as vermin. (laughs) (laughs) Now there's a 180. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, the description was, uh, they made such a nuisance of themselves on wheat farms, flattening the crops, eating them down to a stub. It kind of reminds me of like the deer in Ohio where like some seasons they're protected and other seasons they're like, everyone go out and kill three because there's too many. There's so many fucking deer. There's so many. Everywhere. They're terrifying. Yeah. They're not small. No, no. They're, like, bigger than people sometimes. They're very large. They can shank you. And they will attack you. Do not approach them. They will attack you. I mean, they can't shank you. They don't have opposable thumbs. But, like, with their antlers, maybe. But think... All right. You know what? I retract my earlier comment. Because they can shank you with their antlers. Or they can... Like, they have the the way their hooves are. They can just go... Yes. (laughs) I really wish that we could. It was just such a beautiful movement. Movement, like little stabby motions, but with their hooves. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why you made this slithery little snake sound, though. It's because they're going so fast. They're like cutting through the air. <sighs> I'm a snake. No, we're the not restarting this. Snake. <laughs> we'll never get out of here. All right, no, move on. Ignore me. Move on. Let's go. Come okay. On. So, 
by late 1932, so about 10 years later, they are wrecking shit up, even for Australian standards. And uh, the veterans who are, like, trained would kill a bunch of them. They've probably killed about a thousand, and it, they're not putting a dent in the emu population. They're just like, ha-ha, motherfucker, I'm like a hydra. Um, bounties were put on emu beaks but still there were too many fucking emus they're just fucking everywhere seems like an oddly specific bounty well you I don't want any other part of it I want this beak well they're kind of large like I understand the logic but at first blush it just seems really randomly well if you look at the next picture you can see how fucked up they took out the crops it is a very sad picture it is also black hole. Oh, that was a field? Yeah. That is a field oh. of wheat. Does not look like a field of no. wheat. Um, Looks like a field of sadness. That is correct. So, okay. thank you. What do these hardened veterans do? Um, so, they couldn't get the am- enough ammunition that they needed, so they called on the Australian military <laughs> to take action. They're like, hey, you settled us here. Deal with these fucking emus. Well, alright, but that's not, like, an illogical course of action. I can see why they would be like, hey, this was your idea. Uh, so, as Murray Johnson suggested in the Journal of Australian Studies, it could have been a propaganda exercise to show that the government was doing something to support its struggling war heroes. So it could have all been PR. Alright. Fair enough. Um, Again, I can see the logic there. So, who gets sent out to deal with these 20,000 emus. Mind you, they can't fly. They're flightless birds. The Minister of Defense, Sir George Pierce. Please, whatever you're about to say, do it in an Australian accent if you're reading from no, him. If I read from them, I will try to do a really bad... I'm going to do... It's going to be bad. Let's not lie. Okay. I can only do a decent Scottish accent and an okay RP English accent. <laughs> um, so, what are these soldier settlers suggest machine guns they're like let's just get machine guns and shoot them all down it worked in the trenches it's gonna work here as an american i'm inclined to agree on premise even though i'm not a huge fan of guns so sir george pierce said "Rightio." that was not a direct quote (laughs) direct quote sounded like one um so he wasn't gonna give the farmers machine guns they're gonna send trained people in who are still in the army to man the machine guns. What a level-headed response, finally. It's been 35 episodes. This is the first level-headed response we've had. Um, Where it didn't go 0 to 100 immediately. You're welcome. Thank you. And uh, the troop transport was to be financed by the West Australian government, where and the farmers would provide the food, accommodation, and pay for ammunition. So, like, we'll get rid of your emu problems, but you have to, like house, feed, and pay for the ammunition. And at that point, I'd be like, fine. Fuck it. I'll do it. There's so many emus. They're trying to break into my house now. People are literally starving, so fine. Let's go. Yeah. Um, another reason Pier- Sir Pierce deployed the army was the birds would make good target practice. Okay. <laughs> you know, and... Not wrong, but I'm not gonna outright agree with you. And smart. A smart idea. They enlisted cinematographer from uh, from the Fox movie tone as well. So there's going to be someone filming this shit. That's where you lose me on the logical response because yeah. 
Why? Yeah. Why? Oh, it's gonna. What get is good. the point? What's the point? Even if you win, you're just watching you yourself and your troops mow down a bunch of birds, and you had a Hollywood studio record you. I don't think doing it's a Hollywood it. studio. I think it's an Australian. Okay, studio. an Australian studio. Um, Either way, the studio. Okay. Priorities is all I'm saying. So, Sir George Pierce ordered the army to cull the emu population, and I enjoy this. Later, he was referred to in Parliament as the Minister of the Emu War. <laughs> Which I bet he loved. Oh, yeah, especially how this goes. <clears throat> and they were planning to start military involvement in October 1932. Sorry, I'm still I'm still in 18th century mode, so the 19th is throwing me off. No, you're cool. Um, so, who do they put in charge of this valiant war? Glad you asked. Major... <laughs> GPW Meredith of the 7th Heavy Battery of the Royal Australian Artillery and he was commanding soldiers of Sergeant S. McMurray and Gunner uh, J.O. J.O. Hallera. They were armed with two Lewis guns and 10,000 rounds of ammunition. So Ashley, you can see the guns. Couple things. Um, that's a whole lot of initials and not a lot of names. There's three people and about... No, I know. But, like, there's, like, seven random letters. The first guy has three initials, and then the other two have one. I just couldn't pronounce the the last guy's name. Why does that thing look like a Tommy gun, but with an extremely modified... Because it's a Lewis machine gun? It it looks like if someone took a Tommy gun and the, like, the stand part of a rocket and just... It has a bigger barrel. Mush them together. It has a bigger barrel. <sighs> Either way, it's not cute. Oh, no, it's it's a very... If you go to the next one, they're shooting it. It means business. Yeah. Okay. However, they were forced to delay to November because there was a lot of rainfall that caused the emus to scatter. <laughs> so the rain pretty much solved the problem, yeah. but they still... They're still... Overreacted. There's still 20,000 okay. fucking emus. I'm assuming they're fucking... I mean, it's a lot. That is a lot. I'm assuming they're fucking, because otherwise, why are there so many emus? Don't... Don't they lay eggs? I don't know how their biology works. Don't tell me. Okay. Okay, so the rain stopped on November 2nd, 1932, where they deployed the troops, those two guys, to assist the farmers... <laughs> Troops is kind of a there's, big word there's for two those dudes. two guys. There's two dudes and a uh, guy leading them. <coughs> <laughs> two guys and a CO. Yeah. Um, and according to the newspaper, which I'll sh- I found uh, basically a compilation of a bunch of newspaper articles on this, so you're welcome, <gasps> um, to collect a hundred emu skins so that their feathers could be used to make hats for light horsemen. What the fuck that is. So this is their first attempt. Note I had to say first, and it lasts... Sounds like there are going to be several. It, it lasts about six days. Six days. Like the first attempt lasted yeah, six days? Yeah, the whole yeah thing? the first attempt. Okay. Um, so on November 2nd, they traveled to Campion, where about 50 emus were sighted, but they were out of the range of the guns, and the local settlers tried to herd the emus, but it doesn't work that way because they scattered into groups and ran away, so they were harder to shoot. So the... Birds were smarter than everyone. That's what you're saying? Yeah. 
There's a reason why this is like internet legend because it's ridiculous that this is real. So they couldn't really use the guns the first day because the emus were too far away. Um, okay. They did get some in a second round of gunfire. Like they tried to shoot them, but they're too far away. So they go a the second round when they got a little closer and got some. But the most ins- significant event happened two days later on November 4th. <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> Meredith, so the major, Major Meredith, sorry, that just got even dumber, <laughs> planned an ambush near a local dam for some fucking birds. How do you, I don't think it's considered an ambush if the other side isn't cognizant of the fact that you're in a battle. Like, if they don't know you're in a fight, you can't, Yeah. you can't sneak up on yeah, them. Yeah, they're birds. It's not sneaking. They might be flightless birds, but they're still fucking birds. Okay. And more than a thousand emus were spotted coming towards their position. <laughs> this time. You know, naturally migrating. Yeah, yeah naturally migrating. Not not a planned attack. No. Though they, I mean, go back and look at that picture of an emu. Tell me if that's been- Oh no, he looks fully capable of planning an attack. I'm just saying. For now, we have to give them the benefit of the doubt that it wasn't a planned attack on the part of the emus. I'm just going to assume that they're like change. velociraptors in Jurassic Park. And I mean, it's not wrong. They don't look that far off. So It's not wrong. Um, so the gunners waited until the birds were in close enough proximity for um, firing. They killed probably about 10 to 12 emus, but um, there was a problem. The machine gun jammed. <laughs> How? Performance issues. How? <laughs> Did it get nervous? So. Um, <laughs> so what do the emus do but scatter? Because, you know, cause they're emus. They're birds. Yeah. And it just made a noise. I'm assuming even if it jammed, it made a noise. Yeah. And, Some sort and they of got shot a clicking. little bit, too. Like, some of them are dead. So they're like, what the fuck? They're like, run away! Run away! Run away! Yes, it is Monty Python. We're fine with it. So, the media, who was there, because you know, why not, um, quoted one of the recruits as saying, the emus have proved that they are not so stupid as they are usually considered to be. Each mob has its leader, always an enormous black plume bird standing fully six feet high who keeps watch while his fellows... Busy himself with the wheat. At first, suspicious sign gives a signal, and dozens of heads stretch up out of the crop. A few birds will take fright, starting a headlong stampede for the scrub, the leader always remaining until his followers have reached safety. End quote. It's a good leadership. These emus are more organized than the Australian army at this point. <laughs> so, what else do the, does the army try in this first attempt? Gunning them down from moving trucks, but they can't aim properly because emus are fast as fuck. <sighs> so, um, also, a lone victim renders himself a nuisance all the way to the end. His corpse getting tangled up in the ve- vehicle's steering equipment, causing it to veer off and destroy half the length of someone's fence. And they didn't see any more birds that day. I like the implication that the dead emu planned its time of death and place of death just perfectly so that it could continue to fuck with the Australian army. I mean... That's a great implication, and I 100% support it. Agreed. 
So, Major Meredith decided, you know what? Let's go farther south because we're getting reports that these emus are reported to be fairly tame. Compared to what? Other emus? I don't know. Okay. I, I, I mean, these people are doing a horrible job at this, so I don't know what you... Um, and their success was not much better. Sounds like a great way to use taxpayer money. Yep. Not a waste of time or resources at all. Nope. I get that they need to move, but come on, dude. So, by November 8th, six days into the first en- engagement, 2,500 rounds of ammunition have been fired. Um, there's no real certain count of how many birds they've killed. One claims 50 birds, other counts 200 to 250. But that latter figure was determined by the settlers. Either way, not high enough efficiency, dude. Nope. It's like one for every thousand bullets or something like that. Assuming they actually did hit 250. Um, so Meredith wrote an official report that said... No men suffered casualties against emus. I would hope not. They're using a machine gun to hunt birds. Well, and like, what's the worst that thing's gonna do? Peck you to death and then, again, steal your soul for some reason? I'm assuming it's like a velociraptor at this point. If they can't even get close enough to fire accurately, like, there's no way that the bird is gonna get close enough to do damage to them. You didn't need to include that in your report. Yeah. So, uh... Ornithologist Dominic Severty uh, summarized the calls. Um, the machine guns, machine gunners' dreams of point blank fire into a serious mass of emus were soon dissipated. The emus command, emu command, evidently, <laughs> evidently ordered guerrilla tactics, and its unwieldy army soon split up into innumerable smaller units, which that made the use of military equipment uneconomic. So the sad military force, I'm adding that part because it was sad, Mm -hmm. withdrew from the combat area after about a month. So they lasted really about a month there, but the intense stuff happened in like six days. Because on November 8th, the representatives in the Australian House of Representatives kind of discussed the thing and they're kind of like, what? Uh, We probably should stop killing all these emus if we're so bad at killing all the emus. Well, and like... They're flat out admitting that they were, as they see it, consciously outmaneuvered by a bunch of birds. Yeah, I was watching videos so of them. So if they're smart enough to do that, maybe you don't kill them. Or get smarter in killing them. It's just a thought. Send Crocodile Dundee out there. I'm sure he could do it. <laughs> be like, that's not a submachine gun. This is a submachine gun. No, I just send tra- like set up traps and shit. Like, <laughs> Where was Steve Irwin when you need him? Probably not born yet. She's a beauty. Okay. I miss so, her. So, R.I.P. Super run. Right. The realist. So, after the withdrawal, Major Meredith compared the emus to the Zulus of South Africa. Oh, dear God. Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know who should be more offended by that. I'm leaning towards the South African, though. Um, commenting on the striking maneuverability of the emus, even when badly wo- wounded. Uh, if we had a military division with the bullet-carrying capabil- capacity of these birds, it would face any army of the world. in the world. They would face machine guns with the invulnerability of tanks. They are like the Zulus, whom even dumb, dumb bullets could not stop. 
It's only. I have no words. It's only slightly imperialistic and, and patronizing. I, no words. I have no words. So, Ashley, you were wondering what the math was um, on the bullet to emu dead emu ratio was uh, about 25% <laughs> is what someone figured out. Um, and uh, when one South New South Wales state labor politician inquired whether a medal was to be struck for those taking part in this war, his federal counterpart in West Australia responded that sh- they should rightly go to the emus who have won every round so far. Like. <laughs> I love that, first of all, he had the balls to ask that, but I also love, like, romantically love the answer he got. You just see a bunch of emus with some medals? <laughs> just the the fact that they were able to get close enough to put the medal on the emu, but not close enough... To kill an emu. To move them away. <laughs> okay. I love it. Let's go on to day or the second attempt. Okay. So the military withdrawal, and the emus were like, "Fuck yeah, more free food! All the wheat, all the wheat. We're gonna eat They're all like, your wheat." I, like I don't know what that was, but I feel like we won. I'm not sure, but I feel like we deserve this wheat now more. So farmers are like, "Come on!" The weather got real hot, and we're having a drought, and there's the stupid emus! You placed us here, and there's these emus eating everything on top of, like, the drought! I just imagine them going, the emu ate my wheat crop, kind of like the dingo ate my baby. You know. I'm gonna go ahead and apologize to the entire nation of Australia, who's probably sick and tired of hearing that. I, w- I would like a dingo. Over again. They look like Shiba e- emus. They look awesome. Okay. They do. It would eat your children, though. I don't have children, so it's fine. If what I've been told is correct. I don't have children, it's fine. So. Okay. James Mitchell, the premier of Western Australia, lent his strong support to renew military assistance. You know, after it failed horribly, let's try this again. I'm assuming there was a beer involved, and he said, guys, hold my beer. Let's go get some (laughs) emus. (laughs) Fair assumption. So, uh, they finally have a report from the base commander that said 300 emus had been killed in the initial operation. There are no consistent numbers on how many emus they killed. The story keeps changing, and if there's anything I've learned from watching Law & Order SVU, it's that when the story changes, something is not right. Also, it reminds me of fishing tales, you know, where, like, the fish I caught was this big, and then it's bigger, and then it's bigger, and then it's bigger. Right. So you seem competent at it. So... By November 12th, which is just like four days later, still in 1932, this is the same year. It's just like two months. Two months. This whole thing happened. This is going really great. Yeah. Um, The Minister of Defense, you know, Sir Pierce, approved to restart military actions against the emus. He had to go. This time it was personal, though. He's like, do it. And when you kill them, you tell them I sent you. Um, by the way, he had to defend the decision in front of the Australian Senate. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he would have to do that here, too. <laughs> to ex- that is, like, bare minimum. To explain why soldiers were necessary to combat the serious agriculture threat of a large emu population. <laughs> so, the, um, the military agreed to lend the guns to the Western Australian government on the expect- expectation that they would provide the people. So, 
the Australian government provides the guns, the Western Australian government provides the people to shoot said guns. And Meredith uh, was once again placed in the field. Yes, Major Meredith is back. They let him go out again against the Ebus. You know, as he strolled out, he did the same thing I did when you asked who was back. And he was just like, guess who's back, 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 back again. And he's just, he has like two machine guns on his hips. <laughs> right. Right. He's just going to replace his arms with machine guns at this point. I, he'd probably have better aim. Yeah. Um, because apparently they don't have experienced machine gunners in Western Australia. I don't know at this time. I wonder what that's like. Um, I don't think we'll ever know. No. I don't think the U.S. will ever experience that. No. So. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but. Terrifying. Um, not one we'll ever have to worry about. So, they took to the field on November 13th. 13th. I wonder if it was did a Friday. Did he give him the speech from... Did you think he gave him the speech from, uh... Oh, shit. The Zulu movie? No. Because he said the emus are like the Zulus, and the British fought the Zulus, so I'm just assuming he was quoting famous British speeches I'm about the Zulus. picturing... What's the movie? Braveheart? About... Yes, from Braveheart. <laughs> but they'll never take our weed! Yes! I, what do you think are the odds he gave that exact speech? Um, considering that movie didn't happen yet, very low. And I don't believe we know right. what William Wallace actually said. But he did actually get uh, drawn, quartered, and castrated, so in case you're wondering. <laughs> look, what, look what I've done. I'm sorry, listeners. You had to bring up castration again, didn't you? I, I, you know what? It's a theme. I think it would be bad form for us to say off theme. Off theme? Of me scarring you? It's off brand. <laughs> Can't do it. So, they actually get some success in the first two days, killing approximately 40 emus in two days. Because he gave them the speech from Braveheart. Sure. He's a time travel. We'll go with it. Okay. The third day, November 15th, was far less successful, but according... I don't know how much of this I believe, but they said by... The 2nd of November, December, we're not waking up when September ends, or November ends, apparently. By the 2nd of December, the guns were apparently killing about 100 emus per week. So, I don't know if they're doing 5-day weeks or 7-day weeks, but either way, not great numbers. I don't know that that matters, yeah. Maximum 20 a day. Not a lot of progress. Yeah. Uh, so, Meredith was recalled on the 10th of December, and he wrote in his report that uh, 986 kill- were kill- emus were killed, with 9,860 rounds. Basically, 10 <sighs> rounds to kill an emu. Do you think that they just counted the skins and were like, alright, so on average... We figure it took 100 bullets to take this thing down. So we're just going to base our ammo count on how many things we actually have lined up that we have killed. Because that is too perfect. Yeah. That's like dead on. I, I, the, there's no way. There's no way. So even Major Meredith was depressed by this. And uh, the Great Emu War came to an end. <laughs> so... What do we need to know about Australia taking on some flightless birds? Besides the fact that they're fucking terrifying. Um, 
Ashley, I showed you a picture. They show them running. They're they're quite scary. Also, I I say to you, I mean, just keep like no one is saying that like we should keep them as house pets. No one's even saying they shouldn't have been moved. I'm just saying it shouldn't have taken that much effort. I hope you like the um giant crowd of emus I saved for you. I I do. Um so the government decided instead of giving people machine guns to go kill emus, they're just going to give the locals ammunition to kill said emus. And uh, over the next six months, the locals took out 57,034 emus in 1934. So they did a better job. Uh, Emus were still a problem because they are terrifying raptor birds. And uh, it basically took another 20 years before the Western Australian government decided to embark on another ambitious project, an emu-proof fence. This bird is six foot tall. A fucking tall fence and a very strong fence because I'm assuming they're just raptors. See, I'm thinking about now tool time with the fence that Wilson just peeks over every day. That's how I'm imagining this fence is just like the birds are Wilson. And they're just like, hidey ho, neighbor. You got some wheat there? Okay. (laughs) So it cost about 52,000 pounds and it was... 217 kilometers of fence, which is four foot. What's that in American? I don't fucking know. All right. We're the not do math podcast. Boy, we've been doing a lot of math then, huh? We don't do math. For a no math podcast. We're the please don't make us do math podcast. (laughs) We will do it under a lot of protest. We'll do it under duress, but in no other conditions. Um, So it is about four foot, 10 inches high. And was joined... Not tall enough for a six-foot-tall bird. I'm assuming they can't jump that high, though. Because it's mostly neck. Yeah. All right. You know? Don't know why I was just showing neck length with my hand. I don't know either, but I dig it. Um, And was joined to the rabbit fences across the state. So I'm just assuming there's two... They just took it and just attached it to another fence that they already had going. So it was a fence party. Okay. And it was actually successful. So really, they just needed a better fence. Nobody tell the president that. So. In 1994, the Western government, Western Australian government, uh, sanctioned a call of in the Midwest region again after complaints from farmers that emus were gathering in large numbers along the fences. And they're calling me names and I don't like it. (laughs) They're taunting me! They're making noises. They're insulting my wife. They called my daughter a whore. I don't believe that she is, but maybe they're right. Either way, it's inappropriate of them to bring it up. So there's also the problem because the area is very dry. You know, like... Kind of like the Great Plains. Yeah, and the emus had become trapped in the... I don't know. I'm guessing they did not make little emu roads. And they were starving to death. So... Volunteers were given permission to shoot the birds to prevent them from su- suffering. And that okay. is the emu wars. Ashley, there is a picture of someone holding a dead emu. It's kind of terrible. I saw it. It's a little upsetting. And I found a cartoon for you to cheer this up. I read that. That's pretty funny. I will read the cartoon to everyone to cheer you up now. It's from the point of view of an emu. Yes. Which rhymes. You're welcome. I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> 
I'm doing this in Google Docs, and there we go. I got it. Never mind. I regret everything. Well, the, it was like, open and pick monkey, and I was like, I don't want to. I just want to read it. Like, no. A long time ago, the inhabitants of our land lived together in harmony. And there's a picture of a kangaroo and an emu. But everything changed. Is this set to the Avatar The Last Airbender? I did not realize that. I sort of assumed that it was. Or, like, maybe The Lion King. I appreciate it. But everything changed when the settlers from a faraway land far far away landed on our shores. And it's basically a ball that is the Union flag holding the Union flag with with a top hat and a monocle. They wanted their land for themselves and waged a war against us with their strange, powerful weapons. And there's a picture of two dudes with the that falls under the Australian flag shooting um, an emu with a machine gun. We survived and they retreated, but they continued to destroy our habitats. For over a century, we have amassed our forces and allies. The time comes to strike back and reclaim our home has, had come. All over the country, battle... The battles raged on for days, and it's like various animals of Australia attacking Australian-shaped spheres who have guns and large knives. At last, we were victorious after the last invader was slain and the land belonged to us again. So. So, headcanon accepted. The emu wars in Avatar, same thing. So, this weekend, Podcast Corner, we have MK on the mic. So this is a UK podcast by MK, and she decided to to create a podcast for a platform of people of create a podcast to be a platform for people of color to celebrate their culture and discuss topics that are important to them. Uh, so she's trying to lead an ethnic revolution with representation of people of color. So you should definitely check her out. And our other podcast in Podcast Corner is the Murder Mile podcast, which is also a UK podcast. Um, it's a weekly true crime podcast, an audio guided walk featuring 300 plus of London's untold, unsolved, and often forgotten murder cases, all within one square mile. And Welcome to the Murder Mile True Crime Podcast. My name is Michael. And each week I shall take you on a guided walk of hundreds of untold, unsolved, and long-forgotten murders, all set within one square mile. Proving that, if you dig deep enough, you'll find that on every street, in every city, there's a killer on every corner, death on every doorstep, and homicide in every home. Murder Mile is investigated using original police files and eyewitness testimony with authentic sounds recorded at the murder location itself, and is accompanied by photos, videos, and maps to make you feel like you're actually there. A new episode of the Murder Mile True Crime Podcast is released every Thursday on almost every podcast platform. Thank you. Enjoy your day. Hi everyone, this is Miria Kumar from the London-based podcast MK on the Mic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Acast, so head on over and check us out. We'll be talking about a huge range of topics, from the proper representation of people of colour to all of those embarrassing stories that nobody wants to tell, but everybody wants to hear. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook under MK on the Mic. That's M for Mira, K for Kumar on the Mic. And also on Twitter under MK on the Mic, E-M-K-A-Y on the Mic. So go and grab your friends and I'll see you guys there.
Okay. Should definitely check both of those out as soon as we finish our shenanigans. Are you ready for some shenanigans, Ashley? I'm always ready for some shenanigans. Okay. So thank you for listening to The Cult of Domesticity. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Chorus, Spotify, YouTube, and Podbean. If we're not on your preferred app, are you a ghost listening to us? Please don't haunt us. Let us know so we can get on that. And remember to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen or force your friends to listen. But don't break Geneva Conventions because Ashley doesn't want to go to uh, international prison to help spread the word. <laughs> World's best run on sentence right there. <laughs> Keep telling me I can't. Uh, before, I can't. I can't break Geneva Conventions. You can't. You just can't. Uh, you could check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Domestic Podcasts and at The Cult of Domesticity on Instagram to get the episode tip off. Recipe of the week and additional information about the week's topics. You can also find our podcast merch on Threadless by searching for the Cult of Domesticity. And if you're feeling particularly generous, we have set up a tip jar on PayPal. Finally, to suggest a recipe or topic, email us at domesticpodcast at gmail.com. And this is a... I I know we posted it, but in case you don't follow us on social media yet, it's... Which is fine. We're... Not we're gonna postpone recipes of the week for the summer, in that I yes. will be living somewhere where I do not have consistent access to a kitchen. So it will be very difficult for me to make any food, and I don't know what I'm gonna do about it. So we're all gonna be in this adventure together. We're gonna high five this out. Yeah. yeah.